Welcome to Popmosis Film. Um, I, first off, want to thank everybody for voting in our first ever Christmas tournament. And I want to thank Josiah for taking the reins and making it awesome. The reins, and, very, know, uh, very Santa sleigh analogy. Taking the reins <laughs> and the reindeer and uh, making the first tournament happen. And I thought it was, uh, you know, fucking amazing. So we actually have our winner, and the winner is Scrooged. So just for a little context, if you don't know, if you don't follow us on social media, you, which you may not, some of our listeners may not, follow us on Grand Geek Gathering. Follow my social media, Josiah is right, and Arcade Blackfire and Paul. So follow all those things because uh, that is where we do fun things like we did where we had a little tournament. Each of us chose three movies, not necessarily three favorite Christmas movies, but three movies that we wanted to talk about. And then yeah. each day through the week was my mine was first, then I think Paul's, and then Tyler's, and then on Thursday it was the championship round. So the winner of the previous three, so it went through the ringer with these. It had to earn its right to get there. And as by one vote, by one vote over my choice of Batman Returns, uh, Scrooge won. But it was a win-win-win situation with any of the movies we talked about. We we had like really we had nine fun movies that we would have talked about, but we. Got one that's uh, it's it's kind of cool because it's the most purely Christmas Christmas movie I think of all the choices really even yeah. of all nine, <laughs> not just of the three that were. In the I don't know. Mine, mine, mine was one of one of mine was a Christmas Prince, which I that think one was, was pretty, pretty Christmassy. Christmassy. Yeah, that was like that was like I know it's technically <laughs> a Netflix movie, but that's royal. basically a Hallmark movie. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why I chose it. Yeah, you put the poll up and said uh, see the election results as a pop up on Facebook. Yes, because I wrote the word election and it came up with a disclaimer, like a real election disclaimer. I'm like, no, this isn't the I I don't want anything to do with that. Please. No, thank you, sir. So, yeah, and uh, thank you all to everybody who participated and voted. And I love the fact that it's like Josiah's right, Grand Geek Gathering collaborated. Like it's some kind of uh, cinematic universe or something like that. That's a big like, deal. That's pretty much what we've been doing, and, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty just, cool. Like, <laughs> you know, the Avengers teaming up with the X-Men, you know, just like together. I'm the X-Men, happen. I, I think, though. That, I'm totally the X-Men. That's Nothing the against the Avengers, but I'm just, I've always been more of an X-Men guy. I'm I've been more of a Justice League guy. <laughs> there you go. No, we see, that's even better. It's actually the X-Men teaming up with the Justice League. This is like the big crossover. Where then there's like a mini series where there's like a hybrid superhero and it's like Cyclops meets Martian Manhunter. It's well, like, my favorite one was Wolverine <laughs> and Batman when he became uh, what was it? Uh, Dark uh, Dark Claw. Dark Claw. Dark Claw was amalgam. It was amalgam comics. Yeah. Yes, I have them. Super I, I Soldier, have... the Captain America, uh, Superman combo. The it it was a. Uh, yeah, I have mine over there. Challenges of the Unknown and Fantastic Four. Challenges of the Fantastic, which is really in the real comics. There's a lot of maybe did they steal little ideas here and Kirby worked yeah. on challengers of the unknown before Fantastic four. Um, I was, yeah, I, I had every right. issue of that crossover in the nineties. So <laughs> <laughs> I want a movie where Bill Murray plays ba- Jack Kirby. Just because yeah. why not? I want to see Bill Murray play <laughs> Batman, have a fusion of the Batman returns and uh, Scrooge, those, you know, that kind of crossover. So bizarre. You're the one but, I uh, think. Anyway. I love Bill Murray, but you're the one I, person that wants to see. I'd rather it. Danny DeVito play uh, Batman. I want a Danny DeVito playing Batman movie like oh. no other. And <laughs> then, it, but I want it to be 
I wanted to be so serious too, like extremely serious. Danny DeVito is Batman. Like everybody's very, very, very serious. And it's just, but I want him to have like a really rubbery suit. So when he's walking, you just hear like, like the, like the rubber and everything. Ah, oh, I just think it would just, it would just be, it'll be the best, it'll be the greatest comedy of all time. Reminds me, have you seen uh, the Tommy Wiseau Joker? Like he did the Heath Leather Joker in the interrogation scene. It's not scene? good. Everybody I loves it. It's amazing. It so I love it. Oh I think it's fantastic. Oh man! I, I mean, it's you like, want to know how I got these scars? But like, you're like, it's like where you're like, you're you're lowering your standard to like your expectations for what he should do in that situation. You're like, whoa, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. That's exactly. really what it is. <laughs> it's like bottom of the it's barrel. It's not that it's like, good. Scraping bottom of the barrel, but it's like it really it elevated them. You know, he elevated beyond what your expectations were. But anyway, get a little off topic. Uh, so the movie we're talking about, Scrooged, directed by Richard Donner and starring Bill Murray and Karen Allen. And basically it's a retelling, a modern retelling of the uh, A Christmas Carol by Char- Charles Dickens. And Bill Murray is basically Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's a uh, TV executive um, that is basically Scrooge. Uh, so I'm going to, Josiah, hit us with the production info. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I did research. I didn't realize this was based on anything else. Pre, like, wow, that's shocking to me. And I'm, <laughs> that's my thing, you know? No, uh, <laughs> so it is based on a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And it's funny, if you look up, you know, Christmas Carol, like Charles Dickens, like that guy, every, like every year, there's like five things at least for that are credited to being, you know, based on a Christmas story. The interesting is if you look this up on IMDb, it has in parentheses like novel, and then it has parentheses behind that suggestion. So I guess it's like loosely enough that it's like a suggestion. That's how yeah. it has it. <laughs> There's so, nothing like the book. I think the Disney, the latest one, with the Jim Carrey one, is probably closest to like where at least where at least it starts off with the brother, the coins, and like it has the true. Uh, yeah, the truest version that I know of is the George C. Scott version from like oh, maybe one, the late seventies, early eighties. That's and that was like the yeah. scariest version. That's like yeah, and, and that I think. Is- nightmare yeah. fuel <laughs> totally is. yeah like as a kid like when i'm watching it like i was thinking oh my gosh like this would because there's scary moments in this one but they're always sort of undercut by comedy but it's very dark but like i kept like having flashbacks to that version because i was a kid that was like the the like the prominent version until kind of this one came out really at least in like you know the 80s so directed by richard donner and i was thinking about richard donner he's kind of like the proto director for like a john favreau type guy he did comedy he did uh comic book movies he did uh lethal weapon action movies he did goonies like the adventure kids movie family movies the toy right comedy yeah like just like his his catalog of uh you know his of films it's really kind of very broad in terms of genre and the omen horror right he's a versatile director yeah you know yeah yeah definitely the omen the yeah thank you for mentioning that thank you yes he he does such a great job with horror i wish he did more i think he produces the new x-men movies right he's produced yeah um, the fox x-men movies yeah he was producing those bring it back to x-men see how it all kind of Uh, comes together um, yeah, so, Bill Murray has now been casted as the new Magneto. You heard it here. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. If it happens now, that'd be pretty rad. So He's it is uh, based on the book. As hey, mutants, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry, that's my, that's, my, that's my Bill Murray. That's all I got. Cats and dogs turning into, I don't know, superheroes. <laughs> so mutants and humans living together. Mass hysteria. 
Script by Michael O'Donohue, who was a longtime SNL guy. And that's mostly, if you look at his credits, mostly what he did. And Mitch Glazer. Uh, Mitch also started out on SNL, but he also, interestingly enough, wrote the 1998 Great Expectations, the uh, Falonzo Caron directed one. Um, so it's funny, two Dickens adaptations for one guy who's mostly a, like a comedy writer. Uh, he also wrote Crazy. the recruiting. Pretty, uh, Mitch Glazer, pretty diverse like career as a writer. Um, but bringing it back around for him and Bill Murray in 2015, he wrote the script for A Very Murray Christmas, which you can see on Netflix. I love so, it. I love he, it so man. much. It's so perfect. <laughs> and uh, it was released on November 23rd, 1988. It's which we weirdly we're sticking to 88 for our Christmas movies. And we didn't even intend to. Oh, we had to Oh, really? Oh, crazy. This is uh, the Tyler birthday series of Christmas It was movies. meant to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Destiny. So, you know what's weird, though? Like, the, when the casting that you said was, like, Bill Murray and Karen Allen, but, like, no Bobcat Goldweight, where I, he got so much screen time in this movie. It's weird. Anyways. And um... a bu- <laughs> the last couple things. Budget of $32 million. Uh, it opened at 13 and made $60 million. Yeah. But this is one of those movies. Oh, what I wanted to mention is it, it makes money over money over money because when you become a Christmas classic and you air on TV 77,000 times every year, this time of year, you're a very financially successful movie. So Yeah, these Christmas movies, man, those royalty checks that Bill Murray still gets probably are absolutely insane. I bet. Allegedly. <laughs> the thing I love about this movie, like the whole movie, like Bill Murray is just like chewing the scenery, and a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the things he say are improvised. Um, and uh, it, it's funny that he actually, um, four years before this, he did Ghostbusters, and then after that, he thought of actually leaving, uh, retiring from acting. He lived in Paris at the time, and then he was offered offered this role. Um, so. I'm wondering, uh, when's the when? What's your first experience watching Scrooge? And uh, what were your first impressions of it? And Tyler, have they changed over the years? Tyler saw it in the womb. So yeah, oh, yeah, he had a screening in your mom's womb. <laughs> yep, that's what it was. That's pretty See, interesting. They... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was a preview screening. That analog quality. Um, Though I, I saw it with my dad, and I think when I was like five or six, he thought I was ready for it, and immediately was f- fucking terrified by uh, Marley, um, because holy crap, in that movie, it's so, like, it's so graphic. Like, yeah. when you see the, the, the golf ball, like, really? Is a mouse, like, coming out with a golf ball out of his head? Oh, like, ugh. um. For a kid, I mean, it's not necessary for a kid. It's it's awesome seeing it now, and you're just like, oh yeah, practical effects. But um, God, as a kid, it scared the shit out of me. And then it kept going, and then the the death was scary. And then um, but I loved Carol Kane; she was awesome. But yeah, like this movie gets really dark, and then like, of course, I can't, I couldn't um process Bobcat Goldwaite's uh <laughs> arc, and so when he started like having a gun and stuff like that, I was like. I, 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 come, I guess missed like I just wouldn't process it correctly. It was just yeah, it was just it was it was something when I was a kid. It's one thing I remember, but then of course, growing up, I, I I've learned to or I, I love it now. It gets it's not the scary movie anymore. Yeah, you know I always feel that Bob Ted Goldwaite like his arc is like everybody's arc in 2020. You know, just like completely miserable, and and it's like oh we're okay, we're kind of like. God. 
we're hanging in there, you know? So I was, but yeah, I feel bad for him, you know, when he got fired for no reason because he was like, wasn't he second guessed him in the, uh, in the boardroom about the, uh, that promo. Yeah. Or the, the yeah. Scrooge or Scrooge, the show. And, uh, I love that promo because it's like terrorism, you know, violence, drug overdose, Scrooge, you know, like it's like so melodramatic. The funny thing uh, is, like, it. you could almost, like, within that, like, world, the joke is, like, you could almost have, like, Die Hard be, like, if, if the Die Hard were legitimately straight up meant to be purely a Christmas movie, it would be a movie produced by Bill Murray's character. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, it's right. really violent. Right. <laughs> the funny thing is, before that, yeah. the thing that preceded that was a TV it was um, Lee Majors and, like, a Die Hard-esque movie with Santa Claus. And so, like, I love all those little TV spoofs that they put in there right before they actually had the board meeting. Um, that, oh. felt, that part felt very in line with like RoboCop too, with all like the little <laughs> yes. spoofy parts and the commercials and stuff that are in RoboCop. It's like, Oh, this is, this is, I think in a universe with RoboCop, they're in the same shared movie universe here. Yep. Uh, Josiah, what was your first experience watching this? So movie? the first time watching, I can't say specifically. That's that's this this is that kind of movie. But if it came out in '88, probably you know the next year or the year after that, at some point, basically whenever it became a, like a TV staple, that it just started running every year. And I, because I remember distinctly seeing it as a kid, and like Tyler said, I was uh, probably I, I had to be older than he was though, because you know if it came out when I was six, I was probably you know seven, eight somewhere in that range, uh, maybe as old as nine, and be yet not quite ready for this level of scariness because it's really, really, really dark. Like when the, um, you know, the Ghost of Christmas Future comes and you see like the, that's always oh, the God. scary part. Like that's always the scary. It's not as scary as we've mentioned uh, the George C. Scott version. I'm not sure if we mentioned that before we started recording or not, but the George C. Scott version, which came out like in the late 70s, early 80s, it was very, very scary. And he opens up and the kids are inside his cloak. I was like, that was pretty terrifying. But seeing those, like, you know, the spirits or whatever inside of his chest was horrifying to me in particular. There's a lot of, like, scary moments. Um, but that was really... The coffin and him being in the coffin during the... Yeah, uh, oh, just the way uh, that whole on, on, oh. sequence is shot. It's like a German Expressionism film or something. Is it, is like, is this a Siberian person. film? What happened? Yeah. What did I press? Like, yeah. What did I sit on? It's all these, like, yeah, like, Dutch angles and stuff. And it's, like, everything about it is scary. But oh, it's yeah. funny watching it now that I see those. It's like it's cool in a different way. But I would be like, yeah, I'm not going to show this movie to Penny for a while. So <laughs> even though she's so, totally tougher than me, and she could probably totally handle it. She is like legit, like way, way tough. Like I mean, she's still a little kid and a little girl, but she's yeah, she's more into scary things than I would have been at. A, you know, she's not even four yet. So my first experience with this movie actually was. Uh, my my parents, when I was younger, they would play um, VH1, and they'd have all these different music videos playing like, pretty much on a loop. Um, and I know I'm dating myself and talking about this, but uh, every once in a while, they um, they put a little love in your heart. That music video would be playing. And show footage with Carol Kane, like, beating up oh. Murray, and then just, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future, and then the Ghost, uh, the, the Ghost of Christmas Past. You know, all the different little clips that I'd have in the music video. And I was like, what's this movie? We got to watch this movie. Um, uh, but my parents were like, oh, you know, it's too scary for you. You wouldn't get it. Um, and so eventually we watched it later on in VHS. And I really love the, all the macabre like, imagery, like the Ghost of Christmas Future, how like uh, you see Bill Murray 
um, in the television screen. Like the television screen is his face, the, the, the Ghost of Christmas Future. And you see Bill Murray walk into the hallway. And like you said, it was that German expressionism. Um, and then the cabbie's like this like kind of gross, kind of zombie-esque looking guy. Um, so I, I just really like uh, gravitated towards the imagery. And I'm going to make, I have a theory about this movie. This movie is secretly a Tim Burton movie. And I'll tell you what. The, the first of all, the German expressionism, like in that Holloway scene, all the different like macabre, Danny like, Elfman uh, score. Imagery, like, yeah, Danny Elfman did the score. Um, the uh, yeah, the cabbie, like kind of like the live-in, very ghoulish sort of Beetlejuice esque like imagery. Oh yeah. So really, this movie to me, it feels like. Tim Burton movie, like a late 90s, early, oh, I mean, I'm sorry, late 80s, early 90s Tim Burton movie done by Richard Donner. Um, and so it's really bizarre to uh, see this movie and like see all this Tim Burton stuff, but it's done by another director. Um, so, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you feel like this is kind of like a Tim Burton movie? Am I kind of off thinking that way or what do you guys think? You're kind of off, I think. Because I think it's a disservice to Richard Donner. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the guy who's done too much to, like, be credited. Like, you know, especially at this time. So Richard Donner, he got his start directing television in the 60s. And um, he really didn't become a feature director. He directed a few features along the way. But he really didn't become a feature director until, like, the mid-70s when he did The Omen. And that, like, made him, like, a top-tier director. He went on to direct, uh, you know, Superman and stuff. and Which was, like the impossible feat to tackle that movie at the time. And he had impossible producers to work with the, the Salkins. And so I think that it's a uh, disservice to him, but I do agree that there is some, because I think especially what Richard Donner did is he went into this dark urban fairy tale and the German expressionism style in that ending segment, which are things that are all about that Tim Burton is into. So I think it does line up. And then that Danny Elfman score which we've since come to associate so much with Tim Burton. I can see why you would see that. But I think, you know, to me, it's like, no, this is a Richard Donner movie. And Richard, Tim Burton wasn't even really Tim Burton then. Had Beetlejuice come yet? No, I don't think so. Maybe the same year. Beetlejuice came out, like, I think around the same time or maybe, like, 87. He'd done Pee-wee's Big, he'd done, like, what, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. Pee-wee's Big Big Adventure. And then it would have been Beetlejuice. And then 89 would have been his Batman. So... Yeah, Which is, man, what a, what, a, what a what a way to way to start your career, like right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna hit it right <laughs> off the gate. We had his shorts and stuff, and he had a relationship with Disney. That I mean, that was just a pretty good way as well. Have you seen the short Vincent? What short Vincent? Yeah. Have you seen the short Vincent? I love that short so much. I think. It's well, like... and then Frank and Weenie, which uh, Vincent oh, was yeah, like the animated Weenie. one. Uh, yeah. this you know stop motion animated and Frank and Weenie, which you know later, which was actually weirdly Frank and Weenie was a live action short that they then made a stop motion movie down the line, but um, the Frank I lost my train of thought. Like Tim Burton, Richard Donner wires are crossing in my head. So yeah. these these Yoda ears aren't bringing the force right now. So <laughs> yeah, like, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at Richard Donner's um his filmography, and I would say maybe even Tim Burton was a little. Uh, inspired by Richard Donner here. I mean, you're looking at, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say Goonies is exactly like, you know, uh, anything, but I mean, it's it's kind of like this weird 
uh kind of storytelling i think maybe he hits kind of like the same beats a little bit um but like yeah the omen though and even i mean look up uh where he did some tales of the crypt stuff as well yeah, and also, right. when we're talking about the cinematography style, it's um, Michael Chapman, I believe, shot it. And that's a guy who, you're going back, he shot stuff for Scorsese, including uh, Raging Bull. So, like, and you think, look at Raging Bull, you can see the influence in this movie, in Taxi Driver. Uh, I, 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 I don't recall everything he shot for him at the time. I mean, he's gone on to do tons and tons of things, including Space Jam and Kindergarten Cop. So, he's kind of has a diverse career, but, like, that style aesthetically you you know some credit goes to him too the what in terms of what you're seeing through the lens of the camera especially in that you know the, the lighting and the and those really cool to like paul said those transitions and use of use of the like analog screens through our like film lens to go forward and i thought that was stuff was really cool and there's a lot of cool transition in this movie still using motion like yeah. uh, especially the Carol Kane uh, uh, sequence, you know, the Ghost of Christmas Present, where every she's just brutalizing him the whole Wait, time. She's past. She's Ghost of Christmas Past. No, she's present. Past is Cabby. Oh my yeah. God, you're right. <laughs> and so, but when she good morning, it, well, we regardless of who she night, is and what she does with his brother, she beats him up. Yeah, she but she yes. beat every time she Sorry. beats him up, he'll, like fall down and fall through something, and then that's like the transition. So it's like you see that like these use of motion and things like that. So it just it was really cool yeah. stuff. By the way, I never seen somebody so excited to get a VHS player for Christmas. Like <laughs> <laughs> at that time, man. Think I, about I, that. I, I don't know, what, yeah. what about that viral kid with a Nintendo sixty five? Nintendo sixty five like uh Is it about like the early days of YouTube that came out? Like the N sixty four kit? Yeah, N sixty four kit. That was awesome. Back when it was like Ebum's World or happy. something. Ebum's World was like the 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 main thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, VH1 so and, and Ebum's World, Paul. <laughs> so what do you guys think of Bill Murray uh, in the role as uh, Ebenezer Scrooge? Like, um, I might go last because it might take a while to brew that one. I refuse to answer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to say he's great because like he's like so ridiculously over the top in this movie. He just he just leans into I can be awful, 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 and I feel like Bill Murray in real life could probably get away with that, just being the biggest jerk in the world because he would just be so naturally funny that he's still endearing in a weird way and still charming, and then that's just this character, and he's the the most interesting, unique Scrooge because of that because. Scrooge is usually not funny. Like, he's just a jerk. And this Scrooge is funny, and he really just makes that work. I gotta tell, real quick, my Bill Murray story, because I don't know when we'll do a Bill Murray movie. So, um, like, Bill Murray is just this... There's these stories where he'll just, he just kind of floats around Hollywood and just shows up places and at parties and things. He just And he's just the dude, because he's Bill Murray. And so I went to a concert, right, uh, at the Troubadour in L.A. It's on, I believe it's on Santa Monica in L.A. It's in, like, West Hollywood. And so it's great club, like, small venue, but, like, L.A. legend for music scene. I'm sure, unfortunately, I'm sure, like, a lot of places are struggling during COVID. But at that show for uh, the band Dawes, which is, like, sort of indie rock, sort of folksy, very 70s kind of sound, like, you know, like, uh, the band that is named the band, you know what I mean? Like, their big influence on them. And like uh, the singer songwriter era of that kind of the Jackson Brown style. But anyway, 
So at the concert, Judy and I are up. There's like a small balcony. It's very, there's not a lot of seats up there. So we try to, we would always try to get there early. We used to go to tons of shows before kids, right? And we go to, go up there, we get the seats on the bench. So if you're on that top balcony, you're like super close to the stage because it's maybe 20 feet back at most. And you're like just above the singer. So it's great view and great sound and everything. And so we're sitting there and there's this like roped off section right next to us for VIPs, right? They get to go up there and sit because down in the, the bottom, it's all standing room in the little like orchestra area. And then across from the side of that, this is during the opening act, who I can't remember. Bill Murray is standing there and he is like, maybe it's maybe six feet away because that, that roped off space is about six feet for like the VIP guest. And I look at him and I'm tapping Judy and I'm like not able to say anything. And I'm tapping her, tapping her, tapping her. And then finally she looks and I couldn't say anything. And he just looks at both of us and he does like, you know, that in lost in translation, when he does the thing with the drink in that commercial and he like, yeah, does that. Yeah. He did that. And it's just like, wow, like that kind of thing. For a, what was it for yeah. a, uh, for a, damn it. Make it a Centauri time. Like, yeah. Yes. Damn it. I can't remember. And he's like what... Roger Moore. And he's like, no, 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 not Roger Moore. No, no. Uh, Sean Connery, best bond, like James Bond. Um, so then he, all of a sudden, Bill Murray just gone. And he was by himself. No one was with him. It was just Bill Murray by himself. Like this this, this, this uh, spirit in Hollywood, right? So then he, he's gone. Later on during the show, like in, I believe, the encore, right? They come out for the encore. It's, they, they have this song called... Um, I can't remember the song. But it's like their big show-stopping number. It drives me crazy. It's my favorite song of theirs. Um, and Judy's going to be mad at me for not remembering. She, uh, but anyway, they have this great, great song. And it's just this number where they, they just really get into it. And it's like, gets, it builds up and like explodes. Oh, When My Time Comes. That's the name of it. This is the name of the song. So by Dodds, look that song up. Great, great band, great song. And all of a sudden when they're playing that and they bring up like a bunch of their friends on stage from other bands and like in that scene that you would know if you know that scene. And it's like their their crowd was like, even Judy and I at the time, and this was like close to 10 years ago, we were older than most of the rest of the crowd. They were probably like closer to Tyler's age, a little bit younger than us. Like at the time, they were very early 20s and Judy and I were like late 20s, early 30s at that time. And so we were even, we, even we were like the older crew, except for Bill Murray. And Bill Murray at this point is standing down by the stage and this is where like everyone is down there swaying dancing swaying and saying he's just standing there like right in the press of this crowd like almost as close to the stage as he could possibly be just standing there not moving like just not swaying to the music but he's right up there by the stage and it's like he wasn't there before that it was just like boom bill murray appeared and I will like i'll shut it so hopefully when you know we tyler does the video stuff i should have footage of this that you can show uh, Bill Murray on the encore. And it's like super, you know, this is before high def. It's not even HD video. It's it's so old. But Bill Murray was just at the like show. Not even one, it was like, it's like not even 144, uh, 144 no. PP or P. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like 12 P. <laughs> You're going to think I shot it on a camcorder. It was, you know, an old you know, camera, but it was a digital camera, but definitely not yeah. HD. How many, how many transfers <laughs> did you do, Josiah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was just this crazy, crazy moment. And I, I have no way that, you know, this is as close as the episode that that'll fit into. But my Bill Murray Hollywood story, because it's just this, the way he just floats around. And he, and then before the song is over, he's gone. He's not even there anymore. And he's, <laughs> he's like probably magical. off to some other thing. Yeah, like that's the way it felt. 
Bill Murray is magic. That's hilarious. So, he, he, that's, what I think, that's what I think of Bill Murray is screwed. He's, I guess. He, he's the magical girl that we've all needed. The funny thing is, there's like so many different Bill Murray stories uh, similar to that. Like, there's a, a story about that he uh, bartended at an event and only served tequila. And um, one time he like went to a bunch of construction workers and like read them poetry. And uh, another time he uh, he actually like. Cr- Applied for a job at a PF Chang's in the Atlanta airport, and then they like sent a message like, "Hey, we're totally hiring you. Like, we'd love to have you, Bill Murray." But <laughs> I love his style, man. I love how he just like does whatever he wants. He's such like a uh, an amazing, unique individual. Like, you know the way he gets hired oh, for maybe. jobs. Have you heard the story about that? He doesn't have an agent. Yeah. I, I think he has someone that negotiates for him. Yeah. I'm sure, but he doesn't have a proper agent. He has like a line, a landline that you just dial into, call into, and you leave a message and essentially pitch what you want him to do. And he may or may not call you back. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's an enter number. Yeah, that's just call, like that's Fucking and that's hilarious. what people in the industry use, unless like they know him personally, like you know, unless Dan Aykroyd, I assume, can get a hold of him. But yeah, <laughs> um, so Tyler. Come back to you. What are your impressions of Bill Murray in this movie? Um, I, in this role, by the way, don't go off on some no, tangent. No, 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 like no. I, I love Bill Murray. I absolutely love Bill Murray. I I have a lot of respect for Bill Murray. I I I, I love Bill Murray. I just do. He is awesome. I think he's one of the best celebrities, one of the best actors. Um, but I think that there are points in this movie that he is fantastic. I think that there are points in this movie where you can clearly tell he does not give a rat's ass about being on set that day and does not deliver lines well sometimes. Like when he's having his epiphany and he's ruining the set at the end, at the beginning of it, he seems very sluggish and like it just seems like it seems very not not genuine. And there's another part of the movie, uh, I really wish I wrote it down. I think no, I know exactly what it's. Sorry, it's when Bobcat Goldweight is is um, shooting up the place and freaking out. Uh, Bill, I don't know. He's just like yelling and like being weird, and it just doesn't seem sincere. And I know, and I've known this for many years that him and Richard Donner did not agree on set, and there were days where they would argue or he wouldn't. They wouldn't talk to each other. There was a lot of tension on set, a lot of tension. And I know he also got hurt a couple times too i think carol kane like almost ripped off his lip or some shit like like and uh they had to stop production for like a couple weeks and um so i love bill murray in this role uh there are a few scenes where i feel like and and he's like this in some other movies where he doesn't give a shit and like not any wes anderson movies but like there are some other movies you'll see him in where he won't deliver something really well and it doesn't seem like he cares. And uh, it just, I think, I don't know him personally or anything like that, but I, I feel like he can get away with it because of his cadence of who he is. But to me, he's not like this character in real life. So it doesn't work as well as maybe something in Stripes. Because I, I feel like he he had like this, he was so renowned and everything by Stripes. There's a couple of scenes where where I feel it's the same thing, where it's I feel like, he just started improving something, and then they were just like, "Hey, don't improv." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Next take, he improved again, and then they were just like, "All right, fine." And like, but it fit his character because that was just kind of him. This movie, he plays a rich asshole, and so I don't know. I feel like when he doesn't care and he's not trying, then it 
it really sticks out like a sore thumb. And those two scenes are always the ones that I remember. That and it and this time I, I wanted to go harder in this film because I love this film so much and I've seen it so many times and like you guys told me to do like I watched it again and stuff because I didn't know how, how really what to say so I'm going I'm being a lot a very very harsh right here I think he's fantastic in it but for somebody who uh, studied acting and I'm trying to find something and some con- some constructive criticism and into some things about this movie I noticed he definitely did not care in certain parts of this movie. And to me, now that I kind of like was like zoning in on something to, to, to see and to analyze, I saw it way more this last viewing than I did literally last, last Thursday when I watched it, uh, when I, when I had watched it just for fun. Cause I didn't know it before. Be- yeah. Before we knew that that would be yeah, a before movie. I, we, we even knew it was a movie. I just kind of <laughs> like, cause it's always one of those movies that I've seen over 30 times, like almost every single Christmas. And then some other times as well, just in case somebody hasn't seen it. I would say around 30 times. I'm 32 now. I think I've seen it every single Christmas since I was like six, five or six. And then a couple other times as well, or maybe it was on TNT and I would watch it again, like, you know, twice again. Anyways, so long story short, do I think Bill Murray is great in this movie? I think he is perfectly cast. Uh, I would really like to see maybe some final versions or maybe some alternative takes where he and Richard Donner didn't hate each other's guts uh, just to see what would happen. And that's that, that's And that's pretty much it. Um, I, I think that see, this is the first time actually that he um, carried the movie by himself. Like he wasn't part of an ensemble, you know. Like before that, he Ghostbusters, Stripes, yeah. Meatballs, all those movies had Harold Ramis for Dan Aykroyd, and so he was able to play off other other people, other comedic actors, and so he didn't um, have to carry the movie himself. And like Scrooge is like he's carrying the whole movie this whole time. Um, and he's in it through the whole runtime. And so I kind of equate that, um, that roughness in his performance to that. that. This is the first time he was not in a, as part of an ensemble, that he's actually he was kind of carrying the movie himself. I, I, um, I, I would disagree because he comes from a family of actors. And like if he went to acting school, he definitely did some by himself stuff. And he, he I, I would I would understand what you're saying is is. If he didn't get into SNL from auditioning, which is way worse than carrying an entire movie, you going into an audition for SNL doing three sketches that you've rehearsed over and over and over again by yourself in a mirror and then performing it and having those nervousness, the, 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 yeah, like, like the stress and nervous, uh, being so nervous in front of, you know, Lauren Michaels and stuff, especially since he wasn't an original, original cast member. Was he? Or- no, he was. That, but that, because, yeah, he, like, uh, yeah. Even, I think well, he, 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 he yeah. fourth season. But the thing is, that's when Saturday Night Live wasn't. But still, like, it, oh, I, it was, it was, it was like a less risk thing. And it was uh, more I'm, of a. No, it, it getting started up was extremely intense uh, because the improv scene and, and, and that's when stand up comedy was. But those guys huge. even knew Lauren Michaels, though. They were all like, they knew each other beforehand. It's different. It's like, it's like you know, it's like us doing this together. That That's peers. You know what I mean? I think, so I think um, there's something to what Paul's saying, but there's definitely a lot to what Tyler said with the tension. So, right, you're, you're now tasked with carrying the move, the movie as a lead. That's a lot of responsibility. Plus, you really, really are not getting along with your director. That's so. I think those clashes and that tension uh, created. I think it's. I would also say it probably created some of the best moments because when it really explodes in the intensity that came from that, I think at its best also works. But I, I totally, I do see what Tyler's saying because I think that um, 
there are times where you can see Bill Murray like care. <laughs> yeah, just like he's just there. And it's not like he's so good that it's not bad, but he's just there to like um get the scene uh, get to the next to, scene, get to the next line. To, yeah, kind of. I would say yeah, that's a a fair way to put it. And 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 I think that this movie you can see that at times. But there's also okay, I'm times I'm not the only where, person who noticed it. Okay, cool. No, no. And but there's also times where I think then that it, it comes so strong, but I, I think like even the way the movie's structured is that he's not supposed to be like the soul of the movie where they like Karen Allen is the soul of the movie. Right. And she, in every scene with him, I mean, Karen Allen, like her smile just kills me when I see it still like in the, in this movie in particular, and, you know, going back to Raiders of the Lost Ark and, you know, when she first comes and calls him lumpy, we don't know what that means yet, but you know, it means something. And the way she says it, you, you, you wouldn't even like, I was thinking you don't even need an explanation. You get it later, but you wouldn't need it because of the way she delivers this, it with such sincerity. So I think that's a little, like there's multiple things going on that kind of converged in Bill Murray, sometimes maybe not being into it. Plus the tension with Richard Donner, plus carrying a feature for the first time. I think that all it all factors in. This is what I'm trying to say. You know, I'm just not. I'm not trying to downplay one or the other. That's all. I just don't understand what happened with Karen Allen. I think she was such a great actress. She was so like what you're saying. She's so sincere. Her she's so genuine in everything she's in. Like from Animal House to Raiders of the Lost, Lost Raiders of the Lost Ark, and th- I mean this movie. And what happened? She's just not in anything. Like she was this blockbuster actress, and like when was so phenomenal. And we don't see her in anything anymore. That makes me sad. She needs to be in more stuff. Well, yeah, but did she just choose to kind of walk away? I feel like she'd done a lot. She probably, she, I mean, with those movies, she's financially, she's probably more than set. So, I mean, you know, did she have a family? Maybe she wanted to raise her family. I, I left a much lesser job yeah. to take care of my girls. Well, so I can she worked consistently in, in television, like always. And she still has two projects going on right now. So. Yeah, I still love her. She's awesome. Um, the, the thing, like for me, w- with Bill Murray, um, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because there's parts where he's kind of spotty in the performance, but I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because he really is kind of getting out of his comfort zone, you know, by being, you know, like outside of an ensemble. He's kind of doing a, a dramatic comedy, and it, it's like he's carrying the whole movie, and so because of that, he's doing something very like, because you know, like a lot of and SNL um, actors, like only a couple, I would say maybe a dozen or so, have really hit it big, like the Will Ferrells or the Adam Sandler. And even those, they're very like one note. I think that like, they haven't really. I think it's a lot more than that. I think I think there's a ton of people who've gotten huge from SNL. I mean, there's there's quite a bit, but like the really big ones, generally they kind of do the same roles, you know. Whereas Bill Murray, he he's like in all kinds of different movies, like Lost in Translation. And Rushmore. And yeah, I think well, like most people that come out of Saturday Night Live are then comedy actors. You know, they're just going to be in comedies. Yeah. That's it's like Will, like Will Ferrell. Like he generally has the same shtick. Like oh, well, he has yells. a lot of drama. In fact, he has he's work. Yeah, I know Will Ferrell's been like in eight different dramas, and they were I mean, Stranger Than Fiction's on a comedy. It's a great film. He's fantastic. Yeah, Stranger Than Fiction is Miranda. Maybe 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 I'm hard on them because they usually don't go out of their comfort zone, usually just to stick to comedies. They don't kind of, like, go outside like, of that range. Adam Taylor didn't Whereas stick with Bill comedy Murray for a while. Like, 
Like Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Kristen Wiig, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Hader. None of, I mean, they they do other th- other things. Yeah, Bill Hader is a good example. Great comedian. Actually, Bill Hader to me is a good example of somebody who's kind of like Bill Murray in that he like he's in Chapter Two, and then he, he was in uh, Trainwreck with Amy Schumer, I think. Yeah, uh, but, but well, I think. But him and like Kristen Wiig did like the Skeleton Twins, which is a phenomenal film if you haven't seen it. And uh, Ben Kristen Wiig is now Cheetah in Wonder Woman 1984. Like, yeah, I mean, her too is very versatile. So, yeah. um, my point is, is that uh, you know, when it comes to those are kind of the exceptions to the rule. But mm-hmm. most of the time, when an SNL actor breaks, they kind of stick to comedy, and that's it. They kind of do like maybe. Um, Adam Sandler movies like David Spade or um, Rob Schneider. They just do like Adam Sandler movies and that's it. A few of them kind of break out outside of the range. Yeah. Kristen Wiig, you know, she was like in The Martian. Paul, so I, Paul I, you, like, you, can't, me, you can't say Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler, man. There's, you can't say that. An angel loses his wings whenever okay. you say they're, yeah. yeah. They like, apparently they like, what? they like loathe each other now. It's crazy. Yeah, drama. It's, it's about, oh, do they? I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, it's, a tiff between it, the two of them. It's like the most pathetic tiff, too. Like, it's just like, you're just like, yeah, celeb- yeah celebrities hate each other. Rob Snyder and Adam Sandler are like, oh, no, why did I waste my time reading this? Like, <laughs> like who cares? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, um, let me, I want to ask you guys out of the ghost, out of the three ghosts, which one was your favorite ghost? Oh, and why? That's the easiest answer to this one's Carol Kane. I love her and everything. Anything. Carol Kane. She's just the greatest. I think she's absolutely one of the, I think like anything she's done, I think she has she's one of those few actresses that has perfect comedic timing. I have never seen her in any sketch, any movie, any TV show where like she didn't make that scene. 10 times funnier by just reacting. Like she's just a stone cold, badass comedic actor. Just somebody who is just knows how to build a scene, how to become a character and how to like, it, it's insane. I, 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 and I've been saying this for so many years and I think like, like if you want, like, I guess if you want to see her, I, I would say probably her in her best role is unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Anytime she's in that scene, like everybody, like Titus Aldromedon steals every scene until Carol, Carol Kane comes in and just starts spouting crazy and acting all weird and funny and doing like little ticks and doing like little things that are probably, I would highly doubt are in the script. She's just one of the funniest people. And in this movie, she- she hurts Bill Murray in real life, which is like I think a little hilarious. <laughs> like, and they had to shut production down because she almost ripped his lip off. But um, everything. By the way, have you seen um, have you seen Dead, the Dead Don't Die? No, because um, not yet. It's on HBO. One, it's on uh, HBO Max Kane. now. I, I found out. Yeah, yeah, it's on HBO Max. And the funny thing is, she plays a zombie, and what she does, she she, she says, uh, "Chardonnay." <laughs> She's like stumbling around, and it just kind of cracks me up. But yeah, you're right. No, Carol Kane's a fantastic performer, and uh, uh, everything she's in, I love her to death. Awesome. Yeah. How about you, dude? Right? Where, where uh, do you? It's Cabby, uh, David Johansson, who is you know a pro- punk rocker. He was in the New York Dolls and uh, yeah. Buster Poindexter. I had to look up the name. Dexter I was like, when Tyler was talking, Dexter Poindexter, because I was like, Buster, Buster Poindexter. I'm sorry, not even Dexter. I said it wrong. <laughs> Buster Poindexter. And I think he's one of those guys. He's not really an actor, but he's such a performer. 
that he brought so much to the weird creepiness yeah. and yet like a, an affection and care that like he's the kind of cabbie you would want and be terrified that you would get all at the same time. <laughs> he, so he's my favorite for that reason. I'm shocked he didn't do more acting after. He was fantastic. I know, he was so good. He is so good. Yeah. So good. What floor? Like, oh. But he's just but I think it's just musician. He's a musician and a performer that way and this was kind of a, a lark for him and yeah. something to try. I think that's why. Maybe it's like not, a, it, like a bucket list thing like, yeah, actually yeah. we got it. All right, I'm going to go back yeah. to, over here and 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 be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I wish Jared Leto would do the same thing. I was confusing with the uh, Gamer de Toro. Like, kind of look the same, like their face. No, so he's confused. Yeah, his face, he, his face, his head is like a square, uh, it's like a rectangle. <laughs> like, they don't look anything like to me. Yeah, and they, look, they look the same to me. I don't know. It's weird. I every time I see this, I was like, oh, Gamer de Toro, and, but it's him. It's the other guy. It's that guy. I, I don't. Know. I was I, that is the least yeah, look-alike yeah, thing I've yeah, ever that, heard. Yeah, that, yeah. Like this Santa looks kind of like Guillermo del Toro. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It does I'm, not I'm, look like David I'm, Johansson. Oh, I'm sorry, Benicio del Toro. Oh. I'm sorry, Benicio del Toro. Oh, okay, okay. I always get the oh. names confused. Okay, so <laughs> I always get the sorry, sorry. I get the names confused all the time. First, first off, I'm proud of you for being able to say Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and secondly, I practice from last episode. I practice. I do see it. I I do see it. But also, he looks completely different in real life than he does as a cab driver. But yes, I do yeah, yeah. see it. Because like, because well, when he when he was in the New York Dolls, like New York Dolls was very sort of like think David Bowie, like very like effeminate sort of style, yes. and then. Uh, Buster Poindexter was like almost like uh, a throat like he would wear like a fancy suit and have this like weird slicked hair like what, what are they like, called? Du- zoot like, suit? Of hair. Like, yeah, zoot suit. But like yeah. an eighties version of a zoot yeah, suit. Exactly. It wasn't like That's a traditional like, zoot suit. Kind of like a zoot yeah. suit, but kind of not. Yeah. yeah. So like he, yeah, the the just if you if you listen to the music of those things, you'll see this guy had unbelievable range that most musicians would just dream of having, and so he br- brings all that to this one little performance, and then. Goes and makes more music. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's almost as good as Justin Timberlake. I love Justin Timberlake's act, and he has my favorite moment. So Judy loves Justin as well. I don't, I don't dislike him. Oh, I don't he's care. So good in Social Network, um, and even friends, well, not friends. So, was that one was Buster Buster Pointer or Buster Pointer? David Johansson is cabbie. My favorite moment in the movie too is that how is you know it brings the fantasy of the movie into the reality part. Whereas how is you know Karen Allen? How is what's her character's name? It's uh, Claire Phillips. Oh, Claire. So Claire, you know, she's watching. No, sorry. So Claire is watching and wants to go to the studio. So, you know, have this beautiful reconciliation moment kind of thing. In real life, it's like, well, that's not going to happen. It's Christmas Eve. She's at the homeless shelter place and he's over at the studio. But yet in the fantasy, the movie breaks into the part where you're like, is the fantasy totally, is it delusions? It's like the fantasy kind of becomes a reality. And he's like, She's like, can you get me to the IGA building, whatever they're the, I don't remember the name of the studio or the television channel they're on. Can you get me? He's like, what floor? Oh, IBC. <laughs> IBC. He's like, but he's like, but he takes it the cigar. Yeah. Which floor? What floor? So I love that moment. <laughs> yeah. I like how the cabbie's kind of like uh, the the 
the the the time machine from like Back to the Future. Oh, you know, it has a little like dials and stuff like that, and it goes back to nineteen fifty five. Yeah, I I, I want to know. It reminded me of that. I want to know why they chose a taxi cab. Like, like, is there a metaphor there that I'm missing, or is it just because it's topical and it's New York setting that's full ta- a taxi cab? I think it's a little bit of that. Plus, it, it's like the cab. New York setting. In the cab uh-huh. was like a nineteen fifties style, you know, yeah. the look of it. So he's going, and they're going back to the fifties. Back to so the fifties. It's funny because like all the movies we saw as kids were set in the 50s because our parents were alive in the 50s and 60s and now everything's set in like 80s and 90s and it's weird yeah it's like stranger things oh that was the 80s yeah i'm so i'm so done with it. they're remaking so they're remaking this as well you there's, know what this there's yeah. scrooge a new scrooge is in development and i'm sure it'll be really you know just the same really? exact movie but in the 80s wait are mm-hmm. you kidding i don't know anything about it but i just happened to see it on imdb no. when i googled it I didn't look up oh, no, anybody who's involved. I don't know enough, but they're developing something. Oh God, Kevin Hart. So, I mean, who who do you think could play? Uh, oh, Kevin Cross? Hart. <laughs> uh, I think Kevin Hart actually could do a very good job. I'm not gonna lie. If this is correct and Kevin Hart is making, I think Kevin Hart can do a great job in it. I love that commercial. It's like a AT and T commercial or something where he's like uh, yelling, and and the lady's like, "Why are you yelling?" He's like, "That's what I do." <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I told you, I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever seen from Kevin Hart. And he's funny. I don't yeah. dislike Kevin Hart, but it's, it's him, just funny. It's not yeah. him or The Rock. I'm, I'm down for The Rock. <laughs> I, uh, oh my God. I, the like, Rock has, if, if Kevin Hart is, is Scrooge, it? The oh. Rock has to be the ghost of Christmas something. The Rock is the ghost of Christmas past, and he's the one pummeling oh Kevin Hart. Oh my God. That would be amazing. The people's elbows yeah. him, like, through back in time. Yeah. He punches them. He's like, this is how you go back in time. He just punches them. <laughs> Make it happen. The rock bottom. Yeah, no, my my um, I I, I agree with uh, Tyler. Like my favorite, uh, my favorite ghost is probably Carol Kane, because it's so odd that he like beat he beats him up the whole time. You know, it's kind of an odd. I don't really think that. I just think she's just so lovable too. Like really good chemistry with each other. You know. Yeah, she's psychotic, and you don't want to meet her, but you like, but she like from a distance, you're like, oh yeah, she's so sweet, but then you also know that she's absolutely psychotic. Like, <laughs> she'll beat the crap as out for, of you. As for who can play Scrooge, or uh, who can play Hank and the new Scrooge, I think Nick Offerman could totally do it. I love Nick Offerman. Um, he, he said, he t- Nick Offerman, you know where I want to see Nick Offerman then? I, if it's, say, assuming it is Kevin Hart, Nick Offerman as, you know, the ghost of the former... The, the oh, executive that was the, the Jacob Marley oh, yeah, yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he would be great yeah. in that kind of capacity. Especially because the drinking, just they like you can use the same gags and it'd just be funny with him doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, I think it's weird that they're just oh yeah, remaking ahead. Scrooge and just not like another Christmas Carol like movie. But I guess like they, if it's gonna be anything like it, then they have to. They want that. Out. They yeah, probably, and they want that title. Yeah, I'm sure, that's the title that they're. After. I have faith in Kevin Hart. I love Kevin Hart. I love the new the Jumanji movies. I love both of them. As for um, like uh, as for adaptations of a Christmas Carol, like where does this rank? In your you know, uh, four hundred and twelve out of the seven million. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. no. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one, man. Because there's a lot of good ones. I really, actually, I really like the Zemeckis uh, Jim Carrey one. I know a lot of people hate it. I think it was fantastic. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, it's. It, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how. It's, it's, 
What? I don't. I haven't seen yeah, it. I don't, I I don't understand it. why people think it sucks. It's just it's it's oh, dark. It no, because it's it's the uh, it's a CGI, the Uncanny Valley. Like, but see, you know, like when they did like because Robert Zemeckis, Robert Zemeckis is like a very talented director. Like, he made like such amazing movies, like Back to the Future, and uh, I don't know, so many different great movies. But then he had this weird phase where he did, two and Back to the Future three, and three. Um, <laughs> Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Was that? Well, Forrest oh, Gump. Because I think that's that's his. That's yeah, what he yeah, wanted an Oscar. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I he highly disagree. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to tout whether I like these movies or not. I'm just saying that's See, like I, his I, prestige picture. I know what you're saying is that you you missing his live action stuff and that these fully CG hybrid movies look like crap. But it wasn't even I, good CGI. It was really goofy, like. It was goofy, like Grandma Park in CGI. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, the Polar I, Express, okay. like Tom Hanks was like, looked so phony and he didn't move right. I, I yeah, I I will say I like Beowulf. I think Beowulf actually looks awesome. No, I like Beowulf. I, I thought Beowulf worked. I think I think Beowulf has a style, and I actually think that his his Christmas Carol had a style where it was supposed to be. Both. I, I think it was a. I, now I. I absolutely cannot stand the uh, whatever the train movie is. Uh, I cannot stand that film. Express. Polar Express. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's terrible. It's Clearly, just... we did not have. He did not have the technology for it. But, but Beowulf was awesome. It looked great for that time period because, like, um, Polar Express came out almost the exact same year as freaking Gollum. And you have Gollum over here, a full-fledged CG oh, character goodness. living in the real world, in real shadows, in real lighting, and it looks that he looks that amazing. Versus a movie that's a CG movie that's animated hybrid, where it's easier to create lighting because you create the lighting, and it looks like that. Like like that was just terrible. But Beowulf outdone himself. Beowulf, the detail is especially for the year, and I can go on that for. Anyways, I think you're misguided on the Christmas Carol. I, wow. I think you are. Wow. I think harsh words. I know. I know it is harsh words. Oh. However, it's just because harsh words, Tyler. So I think we next year we need to do this movie. Wrong. We well, here's the thing. We, next year mean, we need to do this movie. Like I won't watch it until then, and I'll be the the tipping point. <laughs> I it's it's um because. The Christmas Carol one is all about performances. It's all about Jim. It's all about every because it's Gary Oldman, Jim Carrey, and um, a bunch of other uh, phenomenal actors in it. And it, it's it's all about the the, the faces, the emotions um, in it. And that's one thing that maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. To me, it worked. And I got to see it with a bunch of animators uh, who work at DreamWorks, who work at Disney. Uh, I was very lucky to see it with my group of friends who did that, and we went to dinner afterwards and discussed. And, like, the movie is, like, it looks great. There's some issues in it, of course, because it was also rushed. But, like, but nothing that, like, it, that would break the movie. Like, you say you hate it. I thoroughly enjoyed it because the performance of Jim Carrey knocked it out of the park. Um, where I think, like, it was... Even this way, like, uh, that movie, I haven't thought about it since I've seen it. And to me, it watching it was a painful experience. It was boring and forgettable, and so I would say again, yes, it is forgettable. I would say it is absolutely free. I will. Agree here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a thing called objectivity and subjectivity. Like if you like that movie, it's perfectly fine. 
I just disliked it. I had like a, it was painful to watch it. And like, I remember after seeing the movie, I was like, I want my money back. Like I wanted my money back. I wanted that time watching that back. It felt like I wasted my time watching it. Maybe and it's I've like seen too many Car- Christmas Carol movies because I've seen so many terrible ones, I guess. I think the, the thing with Scrooge to me, it's like Scrooge is very memorable. There's so many great scenes in it. So it's like, as far as the adaptations for a Christmas Carol, it ranks like h- high up there. Um, and I love, there's like great little jokes in there that uh, kind of date the movie. Like um, when he's in the uh, the restaurant and he sees that guy and he's catching fire and he's like reacting. He's like, don't you see that? The guy's catching on fire. And like executive and they're all like wondering like, what's, what's going on with, with Frank? Like, why is he freaking out? And so he goes and he like takes a bucket of ice and throws it on the waiter and the waiter's actually fine. And he says, uh, you know, I thought you were Richard Pryor. And I love that reference because it references Richard Pryor when he's like, he was free, ba- he was free basing cocaine and he caught himself on fire, was like running it down the street. And that's a joke on that. I didn't even know that. I just thought he was just like, oh, yeah, Richard Pryor was pretty crazy. Another thing is right after that, he like slips, <laughs> like he slips on the steps in a crazy way. And actually that wasn't the uh, intentional. It actually was just really wet from the from the bucket of ice, and he like slips over. And uh, I don't know. I just love that scene. Um, and so to me, there's like so many memorable things about this movie that really like tied together. And then like for a Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, like I can't. I don't remember anything of it. I don't like nothing really struck a chord with me. The Bob Marley scene you know? is gruesome. He's falling apart and all mangled. It's like the CG on the, um, oh, Jacob, sorry, Jacob Marley. He's like, Jacob no Marley. woman, no cry. No, it's... I, I was going to break uh, out my Bob Marley impression. Right. Oh, you had to correct yourself. You had to correct yeah, yourself. Jacob Marley, the Jacob Marley scene is, is in the... Anyways, I don't want to talk about the Jim Carrey one too much, but I do, I do like it a lot. I would say the Muppet Christmas Carol is my favorite Christmas Carol. Uh, was probably the George C. Scott one would probably be my second one, and then Scrooge would probably be my third one with the Jim Carrey at number four. I think the Muppets. I, honestly, like I think uh, the Muppets for me. I haven't seen the the Jim Carrey Zemeckis uh, th- uh, thing. I don't. Uh, I don't know about that, but I, I mean Scrooge is definitely up there. Regardless of uh, like Paul said, there's a, you see a lot of versions of this, and the the Muppet is my favorite. I love the Muppets at the time. It was the right age for me to see it. I remember. I don't know if I saw it in the theater, but I saw. I, I definitely like ran to the video store to rent it for sure. Uh, literally, probably because there was the one in walking distance from my house. And there weren't a lot of places like that where I lived. You couldn't walk to a lot of things, but you could walk to the video store. And so that one stands out for that reason. The George C. Scott one is really good. I I would be interesting to watch it now to see how it holds up. It's been such a long time, but it had such an impact on me as a kid. And I think that's what Paul's saying. Like the ones that, you know, these ones have an impact and they stand out. And that's what Scrooge does. Like, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies for that reason. It's not perfect, but it stands out. It's memorable. It whole, it stays with you. Just the, you know, the end of the movie was probably the first movie that I saw where the movie breaks the fourth wall. So he starts singing to the theater audience and that blew my mind as a kid. You know, I had never seen that before. And that was the, those things like that, that alone would make this a significant movie for me. So he didn't see Ferris Bueller's day off first. I probably had, but that's different. That's different where you're talking to the audience, but you're not talking to them about being the audience. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> he's not like, hey, hey, guy, watching me in a movie. It's just I'm talking to. It's it's different. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. That's. Did you catch the Little Shop of Horrors reference? How he's like, feed me Seymour before he starts. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that because he was in that too. It, it, oh, it just so. Yeah, man. I uh, for me, I'd have to say. I really, I really am attached to the uh, the Mickey Christmas Carol, the really old like. Oh Mickey yeah, that Mouse was really good too. One. That was really good. Fantastic. Uncle Scrooge and all. I really like that one a lot. Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck um, as Ebenezer Scrooge. Exactly. Oh, I don't and think I so saw that, that one. Cool. We talked Mickey's about Mickey's Bob Cratchit. We talked about that on Most Extreme Ranking Challenge. I did not see that one when I was a kid for some reason. And Goofy's uh, Jacob Marley. It's, it's fantastic, and it's, it's really, really like really half solid. an hour. That one, uh, that one's my number one, and I said number two is Scrooged for me. And then I don't, yeah. That, there's other, I, yeah. But I'd say one, one is the like Mickey Christmas Carol. Two is is Scrooged. I don't know what number three would be, but because I, I have actually, I have not seen the Mickey Christmas Carol. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't seen the Muppet Christmas Carol. I haven't seen the George. Uh, wait, you haven't the, seen the older one? Wait, I'm sorry, you said you haven't seen Muppet Christmas Carol. No, I haven't. I haven't seen the Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's, I need to. Re- I need to watch that one. And, and uh, oh my you know. god! And they, you know, it's funny. They just um, resurfaced the missing song that I remember. And like, and when I heard it again, I was like, I, I was singing along with the all. I remembered all the words. It's oh my god! And like, but like recently, last five days since of when we were recording this. They uncovered and found this song that was, that was only in the, uh, um, I think it was only in the theatrical release, I think, or something like that. I think it was maybe possibly like early VHS. Oh, yes, that's right. That's what it is. So, cause it, but then it wasn't like, there wasn't, they couldn't find like the, like, they, so that it existed on VHS and it's like out there, but it wasn't, there wasn't like a master of it. So you couldn't yes. transfer, yeah. you know, a copy of the VHS. It's like my the Bill Murray thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like, Oh man, Muppet Christmas Carol. I mean, Michael Caine is to me the perfect Ebenezer Scrooge, and so good. That's just me. Woo. You recommend it then? There's a good TV version, and again, I'm, I'm this is having not seen it, and it was probably the late '90s where Patrick Stewart played Scrooge. It was like a TNT movie, and I recall that one being good for a TV movie. Like you know, some limitations due to the TNT movie at the time, but I remember it being good. You know, I, you know what I really appreciate about about Scrooge is that they did kind of like they did a modern take of of the story, but then inside it they're filming like the the of the period piece version of it. You know, I like how it's like two different Scrooges in one. And, um, and I want to like, see like the actual Buddy Hackett as Scrooge. That's the thing. Where's the yeah, real Buddy Hackett as Scrooge Buddy from Hackett. within that? <laughs> <laughs> Molly, Molly. <laughs> what really cracks me up is like how they have Tiny Tim uh, played by Mary Lou Retton and she's like doing backflips and stuff like that. It's like yeah. you're kind of missing the point of Tiny Tim here. Like, <laughs> what, what's, what's the deal? Oh man! But uh, oh, good. I, I love I Robert. I love, I love Robert Goulet playing himself too. I don't yeah, know why. <laughs> yeah. It's All those little TV spoofs. I really enjoy those little TV spoofs they have at the beginning. Um. Ugh. So, I have a feeling that uh, Tyler needs to talk about Bobcat Goldwave. I, I have this weird feeling. 
you have like something you need to say about him. I I love Bobcat. This movie just got so weird and dark and like it's kind of hard to watch now with like how the state of the world is. Um, but no, I love Bobcat. I think he's a he's, I think he's one of my favorite directors too. Um, I don't have anything else really to say about him. He, I thought he was great. Right. I thought he was great in the movie. I love his persona. I miss his old stand up, but I love his directing. So, hey, <laughs> I know you love him so much. I'm surprised you didn't want to have like a monologue of like Bobcat. He's, I no? think it's he's touched on Bobcat a bit throughout. Yeah, I, think. I think it's weird that he's not ever billed in the like unless you go to like IMDb. But whenever you search this this thing, it's only Karen Allen and Bob and and Bill Murray like. When Bobcat has like, I would say what, eighteen minutes of screen time? That's a lot. Uh, that's a main character. I feel. Oh, and uh, Alfred Woodard too. The main, you know, main character, and she does get billing as well. But I no, I, okay, I definitely agree that she deserves right. billing. But she also wasn't. I think Bobcat because Bobcat kept cutting over to him and like the whole homeless thing. Him, uh, you know, being stuck, going to stores, and uh, and of course the entire ending but yeah i i would also say yeah yeah she she was also in it a very very good portion but i think she was just in the in the present at the beginning present and end mostly but yeah oh in the end she was in in the in the future right at the, mm-hmm. yes okay yeah her son calvin was in a, was, uh, calvin, calvin was in like an institution yeah As uh, we're winding down here, uh, is there anything you guys wanted to bring up uh, before we close out? <laughs> your final I don't know why, but you made it sound like a, you're a concerned dad, like trying to get information that we just did something wrong. Like, so uh, is there anything we need to talk about? Anything? Uh, I don't know. I want to anything, speak to you guys. Anything, anything you want to talk, tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I want yeah. to see if you guys wanted venison for Christmas. <laughs> I just didn't get a call from the school. Uh, so, uh, anything, uh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> now, my final thoughts on the movie is, it's a great movie. There's a reason why I've seen it over 30 times. I suggest everybody to watch it. Yes, it's a little outdated, but it's still absolutely hilarious. Um, it definitely is a classic. No, it's not final thoughts. This is last call, not final thoughts. What's the difference? I'm so confused. I thought they were the same. What's the difference between final thoughts and last call? Is there anything you want to bring up? Is there anything you want to bring up before we close out? Well, when you say when you say last call, that means final drink of the night. It's, uh, whatever. <laughs> Just, go ahead. Go. Just do it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Wait, you're fine. No, no. Um, but um, yeah. How about we call it penultimate talking? Penultimate. I like penultimate. <laughs> Pop ultimate. Um, For me, it was just my hat. I just wanted to talk about my hat. (laughs) I said all I have to say about the movie. Yeah. (laughs) I, yeah, it's a great movie. I highly suggest it. If you haven't seen it, see it. Um, Happy holidays, everybody. If you haven't seen it, it'll be on every day next week, I assume. (laughs) On every channel. Also, don't let five year olds watch this movie, please. (laughs) It's terrifying. Yeah, it's kind of. (laughs) I'll let Penny watch it, and then we'll see how she does, and then we'll, yeah, and then I'll, yeah, and then you will be mad at me. What I really appreciate about this movie is that uh, when I when I saw it as a kid, 
I was like, oh, this is fun. But I really appreciate it more as a as an adult. You know, I really got the humor and uh, got the yeah. tone and everything a lot more, and enjoyed it a lot more than than when I was a kid. So I think I think that's pretty cool that it like holds up, and it it gets better with uh you know as you get older. I really appreciate that. And um, one thing is. Uh, I really thought that Bat Returns was going to win. So I was like, I'm really surprised that we're doing uh, this episode on Scrooge. Um, one thing, though, I did want to bring up um, that kind of was like aha moment was basically like, if you think about it, Batman Returns, Max Shrek, basically Scrooge but without the redemption. And it's really bizarre. It turns blue at the end, though. <laughs> Was that? I said he turns blue at the end, though. Are you bringing this up so you can do a Christopher Walken impression, Paul? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I, I just thought that was interesting, like how they, you know, this kind of like the the two, like, like the two uh, movies that are kind of battling out, kind of have a Scrooge character in them. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. So that's just what I want to bring up. A Scrooge character but, that, uh, throws, that throws a woman, uh, that pushes a woman out the window. <laughs> Yeah, and electrocutes another one by Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, so, what's well, the same woman? That. Was that? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> the same one. I um, think. Uh, you guys have any final thoughts or any any last? I have a last call. Or... I have to make. I have to make a last call. Hang on. Not last one last, last call thought. Uh, final last call thought. <laughs> um, no, I want to say I'll say my last thoughts final words <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to make a joke there no just say merry christmas i appreciate paul and tyler i want to say thank you uh, you know that christmas is a time to say what you're thankful for i'm thankful for these guys for taking time out of the day to talk about a movie with me and aside from whatever you the rest of you listen to this hopefully a lot of people do and we continue to grow uh thank you to the people that voted and all that but thank you to these guys most of all for uh once a weekish once every two weeks once a depending on our schedule how we get them in there once a month at least we get to talk about a movie and i really enjoy that that's like because there, there's times where you know building up to this it, it, it can be stressful as we talk about different things we have to move things around like me with the kids and things like that this last week with my daughter was being sick it was crazy but when i'm on with you guys just talking like you know i'm just here talking about the movie and that's super awesome for me and especially in the time of covid so i hope that the joy i feel every episode good bad movie whatever that i thank paul and tyler for that and hopefully our audience out there can get a little bit of that and a little bit of that joy in a time when uh, it's going to be a weird christmas and it's it was a weird thanksgiving and maybe you won't see your family maybe you shouldn't see your family be responsible make the right choices for your health and people around you but know that us gathering here virtually is a place of joy for me. Oh, that's right. That's very sweet. That's very heartfelt. Thanks, man. Um, I think we should end there. I, I think that's a great note to end. My on. hat's off to you guys. And my hair is all flat. So, yeah, no, I, I, I feel the same way, about the both of you, I yeah. thank you so much for joining me on this pop Moses journey. And I do appreciate the both of you. Um, and uh, appreciate you too, boo. I feel the same way. Everything Josiah said, I feel the same way. Um, I feel like 2020 is like kind of a dumpster fire, but when we come together and record, it's like it's nice. Like a trash um, oasis. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like a trash can fire with like three homeless guys yeah. crowded around, yeah. it, crowded around it. It. talking about talking about a movie. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're lighting they're lighting uh, M Night Shyamalan's The Happening on Blu-ray. A bunch of them in, in a can, and they're just putting their hands up and warming up. Merry Christmas, everybody. Just kidding. Sorry, I ruined it. I ruined the moment, Paul. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 like no worries. Um, I know. I just, uh, I just uh, appreciate you guys very much, and um, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that this kind of came together because you know we've been trying to develop this for like a year and a half, and then finally, because of all this, it came together, and I'm really proud of it, and I, I really, I love it, and I'm so, I feel very privileged to have you guys in my life, and and that you're you're doing this with me. Like, I'm very thankful for the both of you. And uh, I feel like uh, it. It's great that we kind of get, um, like you know, the, the the some when we do this, we have some time away from the the madness and the craziness of this world, and we kind of can enjoy this company and and uh, you know talk about the movie we love and just kind of bullshit. And so it's great. So thank you guys. Thank you both. Uh, how about you, Tyler? Are you <laughs> final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts are, um, you know, uh, be a good person, give to charity, uh, be charitable, you know, receiving is not better than giving and, uh, be safe, wear a mask. And that's, that's pretty much all I gotta say. My final, my final thoughts is, uh, is, uh, yeah. And if you find Bill Murray's number, give that to me ASAP because I would just love just to, just to, just to say hi. And I'm a big fan. I'll have four of the numbers. It's one eight hundred. So we're yeah. starting there. <laughs> By the way, what's your what's your hat again? What is that hat? My hat's a penguin. It's a little it's a little penguin. It's a penguin. It's a bait the beak, okay. the eyes. <laughs> the uh the, the like the I don't know. Yeah, it's a penguin. It's a uh, pinky hat. Well, um and then I'll end on uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Happy holidays and to all our audience. Happy holidays and happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, close this out, Tyler. Solstice. All righty. Well, first off, uh, Josiah, where can they find more about you? You can find me at Josiah is right, as in W-R-I-T-E, as in writer. And also, remember, we have our T-shirt giveaway. So subscribe to us on YouTube at The Gathering and me on YouTube at Josiah is right. And you will automatically be entered to win a t-shirt by subscribing to both channels. Be sure to comment on this video. Something about t-shirts. What What would you want on a Scrooge t-shirt? What's the thing we should do? What would a slogan on a Scrooge t-shirt be? That's for the comments below. Juxtapazuki. <laughs> Call back to... Uh, oh, yeah, there uh, you go. That's I'll a t-shirt. It. That'll be a t-shirt that will definitely... We definitely need to make that into a t-shirt. <laughs> um, what else is there? Uh, yeah, and what about you, Paul? Where can we oh, find you? Um, uh, you'll be finding me uh, working at a P.F. Chang's in the Atlanta airport. Um, and also <laughs> on Instagram is the Arcade Blackfire. All righty. And uh, thank you for listening in. You can check out all of our shows and offerings on thegrangygathering.com or on this YouTube channel that you are watching right now. All of our podcasts, our articles, and our videos and everything else can be found on our website as well. So if you want to read some of our awesome articles from our amazing writing staff, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all the other stuff. Please subscribe. Please like the video. That would really, really help. And comment. Why not? Say hi to us. We'll say hi back. And then also you can potentially win a free t-shirt. How awesome is that? And uh, yeah, the music has been provided by Carlisle Laurent. Have a wonderful week. Wear a mask. 
Merry holidays, happy holidays, all the stuff, and Christmas. GGG. <laughs> so what's on the silver screen? I got some takes you wouldn't believe. Grand Geek Gathering.